Hello, hello, my fellow floozies, and welcome back to another episode of Fluently Forward. Today on the podcast, we have a very fun guest on. We have DJ Hester, aka Song Theory, on TikTok to kind of walk us through a little bit more pop culture conspiracy theories, but from a musical and song sense. So we're going to be talking about the conspiracy theory of Avril Lavigne being cloned or being replaced, the theory that Adele and Sam Smith are the same person, the theory that a lot of different rock stars are pedophiles, some of them even admit it in their goddamn memoir, and not a lot of people talk about it. That one's half alleged and half true. The theory that the Ellie Goulding song Lights was a song that she made to worship the Mothman, hashtag praise Mothman. You know, Coco Melon is using mind control to control your children. And if you can't tell by now, we kind of get into a little bit of the trolley side of conspiracy theories and things like that. Because I don't know if you follow Song Theory over on TikTok. I think he has over 700,000 followers. A lot of what he does is kind of poking fun at conspiracy theories, which I think is fun. We also talk about a few that, you know, kind of seem like they're true. For example, some references that Drake has made to Millie Bobby Brown, allegedly, in some of his songs. And then we also talk about some of the crazier ones, like... <laughs> Was Friday by Rebecca Black a song referencing the JFK assassination? I also want to give a little bit of a preemptive apology. There is construction going on right underneath my apartment right now. And when we recorded this together, there were sirens passing my apartment for about 20 minutes. You know how they say you make a plan and God laughs? I guess if you try to make a podcast, Satan cracks his knuckles and says, I'm going to fuck with it. But, you know, what is quality compared to fantastic content? Don't you want to hear about Rebecca Black singing about the JFK assassination? So without any further ado, we're going to head into the interview and then stick around for the end. We're going to talk about a few trending topics that you guys have written in. Hello, hello, and welcome to the podcast. We have DJ Hester on from Song Theory, and I would describe you, I've been watching your TikTok videos for a while. I described you to my boyfriend last night as a certified conspiracy theorist. And then I don't know why I said that, because being a conspiracy theorist is the opposite of certification. Right. If you had to describe yourself in like a few sentences and what you do online, how would you describe it? So some years ago, I had to, it's funny because I was, when I first created the brand, I was like, I have to have like a branding sentence. I have to have something where people can go, oh, okay. So what I created was the tagline, finding the deeper meaning behind every song music video, lyric, and artist. Mm -hmm. And so that's the tagline. But what I really do is, it's so strange. What I really do is I make fun of conspiracy theory content. Yes. In that I, and I don't know if this comes across properly online, which is, I've always been asking that question and my own wife does not believe it. She was like, you don't <laughs> believe this stuff? I'm like, it's not that I don't believe it, but the way I create the content, it's a satirical meta commentary on mm -hmm. conspiracy theory content. The reason why I did it like that was because I've always loved conspiracies, but I've always known that they're kind of like, you know, not all of them make a lot of sense, right? Totally. Oh, totally. So I'm like, okay, I, I want to bring some levity to that conversation because at the moment you say conspiracy theories, people go, ah, right? Yeah. So I was like, well, how can I make people like, how can I make conspiracy theory content palatable for like the general public? And so that's mm -hmm. how I created Song Theory. 
I love it. And that was going to be my first question to you. And I'm also the same as you, where there's some conspiracy theories where I would die on a hill. I completely believe in them. Then there's other conspiracy theories that I think are completely insane, but I'll still talk about it because I think it's so fun. And a couple of your videos, which we'll get into, there was one, there was one about Dora the Explorer, like you yeah. know, controlling people, Coco Melon controlling kids, and Sam Smith and Adele being the same person that like come- <laughs> completely took me out. Yeah. It is funny. And sometimes when I post a gibberish conspiracy theory online, you have people in the comments saying, absolutely. And it's a new moon. So like you better retain your semen today because then that will make you more powerful. And I'm like, oh, some people are not joking, you know? And that's what makes, so I'll go ahead and ask your first question. We can get, we can go Okay. Right into that. Because yeah. there's a psychology behind all of that, which I found really interesting. Interesting. I'd love to hear about it. Because my question is, this is, you know, you're kind of doing a little bit of a conspiratorial take on songs. Mm-hmm. Were you ever interested in conspiracy theories? Like, were you that kid looking at 9-11 with a suspicious, you know, eyebrow raise, things like that? Yes. So I grew up, so my mom is a super devout Christian. She's a pastor, in fact. Mm. And growing up, we weren't allowed to do a whole lot of stuff in her house. My, like what kind of stuff? Man, like anything. We couldn't really listen to like a whole lot of hip hop and stuff like that. Okay. Um, we couldn't watch a whole lot of different shows. In fact, so much so to the point where she cut off the cable in our house. I mean, not just to save money because of the 08 recession, but also because like she didn't want to pay for, you know, Satan putting his uh, his 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 uh, influence into our little minds. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. I respect her for that. I mean, Hey, you know, do your thing. But now I have every possible uh, streaming platform in my house and look, I enjoy it. But what happened was my mom and my dad got divorced. And in that divorce, uh, he moved on one side of the town, my mom's on the other. So when we used to go visit him on the weekend, I had full reign to do whatever I wanted. Mm-hmm. So I would uh, cut on the History Channel. And one of the first shows I ever seen regarding conspiracy theories was Ancient Aliens. Yes, Ancient Aliens. And oh, so, I yeah. love And it. so that show really just brought me into conspiracy theories. I was like sold. I for sure, even to this day, I lie to you not, I believe there are aliens. And especially what yeah. happened with the hearings on uh, in Congress about the whole conversation of UFOs and stuff, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. But like... That is, yes, I do believe. And that's where it started. And that show, by the way, is so, the the way that they talk about it, the B-roll that they cut, and then the underlying music, they could convince convince me that I'm a clone and I would watch it. I would believe it. I would believe it. And and even as I was watching that, you know, some of the guys on there have become memes, right? Like, and they have permeated our pop culture. And even to this day, you know, the one guy with the big crazy hair yes. with like the Greek last name. He's like, you know, that picture right here uh-huh. where he kind of puts his hand out. It just aliens. says aliens. And people laugh at that, but like pop culture has embraced conspiracy theories. Um, I mean, even as far back as the 1950s regarding Roswell to the 1960s when you started introducing the uh, the Bigfoot conspiracies, and it goes on and on and on. Chupacabra, across the world, Loch Ness monster. You have mm-hmm. the big sea monsters in the in the Mediterranean. Like there are so the history of conspiracy theories is so deep that there's a point where because there's already so, there's already so many mysteries and you know conspiracy theorism. I say it like a religion because it almost is comes from a place of distrust. Right, you yeah. have to have a general distrust in information 
in authority for you to say, I don't believe this is the case. So I'm looking for an alternative viewpoint, right? And and I think too, with that distrust, sometimes it's pessimistic distrust, right? You have those political conspiracy theories. And then sometimes I think it's almost optimistic or fantastical distrust. So like mermaids or fairies or things like that. Like there's so many different niches of conspiracy theories. Yeah. But right now, I think, especially with COVID more than ever, it's uh, just, I don't believe anything. So yeah. I'm open to believing anything else. It totally comes from distrust. And also I think it has a lot to do uh, with with uh, what culture you grew up in, right? Yeah. So for me, I grew up in Christian, you know, black culture. We are very distrusting of everything for so many reasons, uh, and we and and rightfully so. Because, Wasn't there you know, a conspiracy theory too about black men and syphilis with the U.S. government? Yes, um, yeah. and that whole thing is uh, that was the. Um, that was the uh, uh, Tuskegee Airmen experiment, right? And so what happened was these Tuskegee Airmen came back from war and the government was like, hey, we want to just do, you know, we want to, we want you guys to come in and, uh, you know, let's, let's do some work. And they were like, fine, I'm, you know, I'm part of the U.S. government, might as well. Plus they were getting stipends for it too. Mm. Small stipends, nothing significant. And so, of course, you're coming back from war, you're a black man, the country already don't like you. So you're thinking, well, okay, let me at least do something. Let me get some money for my family. Yeah. So they go in there and they get experimented on and they have no idea. There's a group of uh, those men who were experimented with nothing but a placebo water shot and other men who were experimenting on with actual syphilis. And yeah. as the experiments went on for almost, I believe, 10 to 20 years, those, those people never got uh, settlements. They never got reparations or any type of uh, any type of government assistance or even acknowledgement of what they did. Yeah. And it's not just black people, right? White folk. There's a whole story of uh, these British uh, seamen who went out and they tested the first atomic bomb with these men. In the, somewhere and, in the water? Yeah, they, they took them out and there's a whole documentary about it. They took them out to the water and they said, hey guys, we're going to drop this massive bomb on the water, turn your back, cover your eyes with your hands and uh, you're, you'll be fine. They dropped an atomic bomb on the water in front of all these seamen. Did any of them survive? A lot of them have died from cancer. A lot of them yeah. to this day have cancer. And they were talking about how when they covered their eyes because of the x-rays and gamma rays that come from an atomic bomb, they were able to see through their hand and saw the bones and the veins in their hand. And all that really talks about going back to the subject at hand is just how we have a natural distrust in the government. And what they tell us, where they direct us. So for me, as a conspiracy theorist, looking at 2020 happen in real time was incredible because I'm like, oh, this is what it looks like on a large scale. And oh, absolutely. And yeah. also, it's one of those things, too, where, you know, I've gotten this. I'm sure you have, you know, you kind of get the label of like a crazy tinfoil hat person. But I look at people who believe every single thing that the government says. And I'm like, I kind of, yes, the tin hat. I got to get one made. Maybe that would be it. We could do a merch collab. And it'll just gotta have it. You know, it's funny because I've been trying to, I'm just trying to figure out what a company I could go through to make like a fabric looking yes. tinfoil hat and just sell it. I can't figure shiny. it out. We'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, some sort of space material. But like right. people who trust everything the government does, even just, I don't know, I've really been looking into taxes because, you know, people like us who start creating content, you kind of start to get a new revenue stream and watching all of this money, I save it, right? And then I watch where it's going towards. And 
you just know that the government is so bloated and not using this money correctly. And if you question it, you're kind of called like a crazy, but oh, you don't like trust the. It's like, no, I'm yeah. for these programs, but I'm for them working. Can't we yes. all get behind that? So I find it really weird when people think the government is looking out for us. I'm like, who raised you that way? Yeah. And so did you think you know, okay, let me do conspiracy theories with music because it's a, it's more fun. It's a little bit more palatable for people. Or have you just always been interested in music and you wanted to combine the two? So I've been a musician for over 15 years now. I mean, like I've been a musician since I was a child, nine or 10 years old. Oh, right? wow. So what was like the first instrument you picked up? First instrument was a snare drum. And then oh. from snare drum, I went to piano. And then uh, I went to a full set of drums. And then I now I I, I kind of tickle the strings a little bit. I got I got guitar back here. Nice. So um so I've always been a musician. So it started with me being a musician and loving music. And of course you would hear these conspiracy theories about you know uh, stairway to heaven. Uh, people have always been talking about California, a hotel California. Yes. And as a, as a musician, you hear all these conspiracy theories about music, but there was never one place you could go to for this content, right? There were a, ga- a gap in the marketplace. That's how and it all I'm starts. Like, is there no conspiracy theory content regarding music? And I said, no, nay, nay, I shall be the one. So with me and my little inky dinky camera and my terrible uh, voiceover work and my bad editing... I made my very first song theory video in 2015. But don't you love and, that though? Because then you can look back and be like, oh man, it was total oof, shit back in the day. Wow, then you have was, like a mountain to go up. It yeah. was it was uh, dumpster truck juice. Like it was <laughs> stinky, nasty, bad. And But I love it because it was the first, like you yeah. said. It's like, that was the birth of the concept. And when I look back at it, I, I see like, okay, so... Oh my God. So and what was it? Like, yeah, what was the first? The first theory theory was actually about Sia and her song, uh, Elastic Heart. That was the first one. Yeah. And what's that about? Like her going to rehab or something? Well, it was actually about how Shia LaBeouf in the music video was supposed to represent her father. Yes. And that the little girl was supposed to represent Sia as the wig that was cut in the exact same yeah. way her hair was cut. It was a little bit of a creepy video, too. It was kind of creepy. Yeah. Um, and I even touched on that, too. And then um, most of all, the lyrics kind of show how uh, what she was explaining was that she was giving herself to her father and that her relationship with her father informed uh, the relationship she would have further in her adulthood with other men. Yeah. And so... Even with that, I, I was playing around with some concepts and I had I had a uh, I had like this headless voice that would come on and, and his name was Mr. Mr. Critic. And I would voice over and I would pause in the middle of my video to allow this voice to talk. And basically, uh, Mr. Critic was just the critic that would say, oh, this doesn't make any sense. That does not. Nah, that's stupid. Yeah. And then I would respond to the critics. So what I was doing, even in those videos, was responding to the comments. Yeah, the voice say, of the non-believer. Exactly. You know, cutting uh, it off in um, the head. Yeah, like, you know how they say to make counter-arguments in your essay? I was kind of making counter-arguments in the video. But then I kind of got away from that. And I was like, let me just be this guy. Let me just yeah, dive here. in. Yeah. 
so I've been on YouTube since 2012. I made my first song theory video in 2015. However, if anybody, and we're going to kind of dive into social media for a second. If anyone knows anything about YouTube, YouTube is hard to crack into. Yeah. It is one of the most difficult social media apps to really get into because nobody is watching at all. Trying to break that ceiling of virality on YouTube is almost impossible. Yeah. Even since 10 years, 10 plus years ago. And so to this day, I still post sometimes, but like the most views I'll get is like 400 views, maybe. Yeah. And on TikTok, maybe. it's like a completely different Completely goal. different thing. So with that, I was on YouTube for a while and I was getting tired of it. I was like, yeah. this is garbage. And nobody's watching. So like no one knows about this content. Nobody knows about song theory. And I'm just kind of, and luckily no one's came up with anything else since then, except one YouTuber. One YouTuber decided to not only call his channel song theory, but then he was making some pretty good content. So I was like, oh my God, people are <laughs> copying me. Oh my yeah. gosh. Like, okay. So one day this little app called TikTok popped up. And as I was scrolling through it, I was like, oh. Oh, this looks good. Yeah. And so I showed my wife and my wife was like, you should put your content on there. I said, okay. So I came up with a plan and all that. And I made my first video. And the first video within a few days got 100,000 views. And I was blown away. Yeah. My, what, what was that video? That video was about, uh, did... Did Paul McCartney die in 1966? This theory, theory says, says yes. yes. So <laughs> that was the first conspiracy theory I did. Yeah. However, here's the funny part. The first theory I did, um, that this theory says yes didn't come up yet. Oh, it was okay. actually, it was actually what I say. I did Paul McCartney die in 1966. Um, this, the this theory suggests that he did. In fact, I mean, it was just so weird. And like, it didn't sound right. Yeah. Um, so eventually I came up with the, this theory says yes. And it flowed. Right. And just for comparison on YouTube, I had a video that got a hundred thousand views after three years of being on the platform. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's staggering. And also I, you'd probably get this with your content. I get a lot with mine. The more people commenting and disagreeing with something sometimes will rack up that engagement and take <laughs> it to another level. So sometimes I will put out a video that I full well know is complete bullshit <laughs> or I'll mispronounce a celebrity's name because then everyone in the comments is like, it's, it's, it's Emily Ratajkowski. And I'm like, yes. there we go. Bump it up. You figured it out. That's so which, exactly uh, what it is. Which TikTok video of yours has the most people upset saying that it's completely untrue? Ooh. The Rebecca Black video. It's Friday, Friday. Get down on Friday. Okay, can we talk? So I have that on here. That one, I was laughing out loud. You have a video about Rebecca Black Friday, and you say, was she singing about the JFK assassination? Because there's lyrics like in the front seat, kicking in yes. the back seat, and you walk people through the JFK assassination. Yeah. Now, did people catch on? And that was, I, I would assume, kind of a joke. Or were people like, here we so, go. She's a CIA asset. So here. <laughs> <laughs> so here okay. So I posted it. Okay. So let's, let's to the history of the video. I posted it the first time mm -hmm. after Googling, 
you know, some conspiracy theories. Because listen, I don't I don't create all my conspiracy theories. That's I don't have the time for that. I'm a full time dad. Like yeah. I, I'm a husband. I got stuff to do. I'm not sitting here trying to create every theory. No. Yeah. So I go online. I go Google. You know. So I saw a theory about that very subject, and I said, "Oh, that's hilarious. Not enough people have known about this. Yes. I, ha- I have to talk about this." So I decided to Google the this conspiracy theory. So I looked it up and it it broke down everything. And I said to myself, <laughs> not enough people have seen this. So I, I put it all together, short form content, and I make the video. I post mm-hmm. I post it. I, I'm thinking, okay, we'll see. Within hours, I want to say within two or three hours, it was already at like 50,000 views. It yeah. blew up. Everybody hated it. It was absolutely, <laughs> they were like, this is the dumbest and you and song theory has made some dumb videos this has to be the dumbest thing i've ever seen so as i kept looking through the comments you it's like a ratio first it's like 80 20 negative positive then as the video got a hundred thousand five hundred thousand it started kind of skewing a little bit yeah then it was like 80 positive 20 negative and i'm gonna tell you why it shifted rebecca black the girl who made the song. Did Friday, she like duet it or something? She commented on the video. <laughs> what did she say? Was she like, take this down or the government no, will be knocking on your this door? This is what was crazy. And this uh-huh. is what cemented like my content. Yeah. She got on and she commented and said, but I didn't write the song. Oh, there we go now. I'm heading to Wikipedia right I now. I was like, Rebecca, you did not, you should not have posted that. <laughs> you made a video talking about how Steven Tyler allegedly got a 14-year-old pregnant when he was in his late 20s. Jimmy Page allegedly slept with multiple young girls. Jerry Lee Lewis, you know, there's allegations yeah. of incest, pedophilia, and one victim being so young that when yep. she, you know, went to go be with him, her parents signed away her rights. She only had a dollhouse with her. And even Anthony Cadiz from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, in his own memoir, he talks about having slept with a 14-year-old. And when you look up news articles about, yeah, and that's his own memoir, he says, like, when news articles report on it, They're like, well, there was one incident about the time he had sexual intercourse with a 14-year-old. And this is a quote from the memoir. It says, quote, the next day we drove to Baton Rouge. And of course, she came with us. After we got off stage, this was after they slept together. Right. After we got off stage, she came up to me and said, I have something to tell you. My father is the chief of police and the entire state of Louisiana is looking for me because I've gone missing. Oh, and besides that, I'm only 14. And then he continues, I wasn't incredibly scared because in my somewhat deluded mind, I knew that if she told the chief of police she was in love with me, he wasn't going to have me taken out to a field and shot. But I did want to get her the hell back home right away. So we had sex one more time. So now it's twice that you've had sex with a 14-year-old and you're putting it in your memoir and like you just get to go. Like that's, no. Bro, you nasty, bro. Like that's what I'm talking about. But fame, fame is... And another reason why, especially song conspiracy theories work so well, because people don't like fame. People have never liked the idea, like this person is a god and they're just untouchable. And it's nice because conspiracy theories almost bring them down to our level so we can hold them here and look at them in the eye, right? Yes. Um, So to bring them down here and be like, ew, dude, like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, they're untouchable in the sense that, you know, they're long rich and they got old money and, you know, they're on this penthouse somewhere in, in L.A., 
but to actually bring their memory, their legacy down to a level where you can go, that's gross. Like, ew. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, you know, Steven Tyler and all these others, I got, I got a few people mad at me in the comments because they were like, you said allegedly, but there's evidence for this. Like they've, okay. And to, to speak to that, I say allegedly, because even if somebody said that it is evidence or evidential and there's evidence of it. I'm still going to say allegedly because I ain't trying to get sued. Yeah, same You know, because imagine if I believe these people and they're like, oh, there's evidence for it. And I'm like, oh, Steven Tyler definitely raped a 14-year-old. And yeah. he comes out and his lawyer's like, no, he didn't. There's no evidence of it. They tricked you. Here's a lawsuit. Yeah. Also, no. allegedly doesn't, you know, it means it could be yes, it could be no. It doesn't mean that it's fake. You know, yeah. it's just allegedly. So, but they, these guys have said with their own mouths, like yes, like uh, the gentleman from Red Hot Chili, Pe- Chili Peppers. Yeah, and it really makes you look at musicians and artists differently, right? Um, there's a large conversation on my channel about separating the art from the artist. Can you do that after you know what they've done? What and is like, what is your take you, on that? I'm glad you asked. Yeah. I believe you cannot separate the art from the artist. Yeah, it's impossible because their art reflects the artist. There's also so many artists, like when people are like, well, I still want to listen to Woody Allen or I still want to listen to Chris Brown. I'm just like, there's other, there's so, I can't keep up with the amount of movies out there. I can't keep up with the amount of songs. It's not like there's only like, you know, two movies playing the entire year and that's your only source of entertainment. people are like, oh, but you know, Chris Brown and R. Kelly, let's, R. Kelly is a great example. R. Kelly has a special place in my heart. And I did this to somebody. I said, okay, what's your favorite song? They said, um, uh, oh, what's that song? Hot and fresh out the kitchen, that baby rolling that body. I said, yeah. okay, that's nice, right? Now imagine he's talking about a 15-year-old. Yeah. Oh, okay, well, okay, well, I okay, well, I, yeah, see, because in that place of disgusting nature and, and nasty, you know, pedophilia and, and, and doing what he was doing in that time, do you know exactly who he was talking about? Yeah, that's Do a good point. Do you know exactly what he was talking about? What age the woman was? What age the girl? Hey, girl, what girl? What age? How old was she? See, yes. because you don't know, why even think the opposite of, oh, no, he wasn't talking about that. Why? Because because it holds a special place in your heart. You have a bias. Complete bias. And, and I think Sweet Caroline was also written about like an 11-year-old girl or something. It probably was. And it's yeah. like... Because you hold this bias in your heart toward this artist or this song, you don't want to get past in your mind, oh, this could be about some of their crimes they were committing. Here's the crazy thing. We know that hip-hop artists all the time have their songs used in court. Really? Because, yeah. So, for example, there's a a YSL. uh, There's this rap group, uh, Young Thug, Gunna. There's this rap group that they rap charges, right? And they've used some of their songs as pieces of evidence. Like testimonies that, yeah. you know, interesting. Testimonies on the track. And they'll be like, uh, this guy here says he shot a dude in a field. Yeah. And coincidentally, we found somebody dead in a field. That's so, when he, like Rebecca Black, they're like, uh, I didn't write it. It was yeah, someone else. I, I, it was the intern. Wrote, <laughs> so with that being said, it's funny how people don't do that for every artist. It's like every artist is telling a message, speaking some truth, speaking to some truth within themselves. Yeah. Right. If and I, think- I it, it, when you create a song, even when you and I create videos, we're creating them from something within us and we're giving it to the audience. It's a piece yeah. of us. Every song is a piece from the artist. But what piece did you get? 
Well, a lot of people too, right? They're like the Jeffrey Epstein pedophilia. Like, I don't want to think about it. It's like such a big, what, what can I possibly do? Start with skipping the R. Kelly song. Start with not dancing to it at the wedding. Start with, there's, there's about 300 songs you can dance to at a wedding that everybody sings along to. Just make sure that one's not on it. That's the smallest thing you can do. It's the smallest thing you can do. And you have people, you know, causing a ruckus about how they don't want to do that. It's like, how, how do we think we're going to stop pedophilia and like things like this if we can't even say, I'm not going to listen to the R. Kelly song anymore? Yeah. And a great example is Chris Brown. And there's supposed to be this, uh, this Chris Brown supposed to be verse, uh, I think it's verses like, uh, verses, by the way, it's like this series where you'll get two artists on stage and they're supposed to go back back and forth with some of their best songs. Uh, okay. And we're supposed to see who's like, who's the best out of these two. So I believe Usher and Chris Brown are supposed to go on stage and do this. Which I both have allegations against. Both them. have, oh my God, horrendous <laughs> allegations. <laughs> Usher with his herpes and Chris Brown beating every woman he meets. Yeah. Um, but Chris Brown, great example, how his, the, how his career has sustained itself and his sales have grown. Yeah. Since beating up not just Rihanna, but other women, including his own mother. But and also even the the memification of Chris Brown, right? Like the way that these criminals like get memified, right? Like Chris Brown, I woke up Chris Breezy. Jeffrey Epstein is like, oh, well, what he like wasn't found. Jeffrey Epstein wasn't killed. Like these crimes that are committed kind of turn into these memes online and then everybody stops taking them seriously and it just turns into like a hashtag that people use right. without thinking about it. Yeah, and like even after, oh God, the internet, even after Chris Brown did what he did, you go on Twitter, they're like, oh man, I'm a Chris Brown, you like, ah. And what happened was people glorify that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, think of uh, Catch Me Outside, how about that girl, right? Mm -hmm. You realize she made $50 million in a year from OnlyFans alone. Which is insane. Which, by the way, I, I kind of funk with some of her songs. I was listening to it. I was like, oh. Some of them are, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. the OnlyFans is like insane too. And it's just, I don't know. It's all really insidious. And I think it's one of those things too, especially in Hollywood, right? Like you have a normal person. A normal person is flawed. We are all anti-heroes. We have good traits, bad traits. That's just very human. Yeah. Then you take someone, you put them in Hollywood, you give them all of these adoring fans, money, power beyond belief, people to cover up their mistakes. Yeah. And what, you think that they turn into a better person? Like, I find no. it crazy when I talk about celebrities doing these things and people are like, they would never because he was on Friends, so I feel like I know him. No, you don't. We don't know any of these people. Yep. And the more power and influence and money and status you give someone, I do think the worse they act because yep. they know that they can get away with it. So I don't understand. And when we do have instances like Army Hammer eating people, Harvey Weinstein, Weinsteining all over the place. Like, how are people not, still not looking at people with a critical lens in Hollywood? Well, do you have any examples of, because people say a lot, they're like, you know, cancel culture isn't real because these people are still around. Can you think of any celebrity who has been effectively canceled to the point where because it's all it's all about supply and demand and that's what I always think too when people are canceling someone I'm like stop with the trending hashtag of like xyz is over party like instead don't pay them any attention like I do not talk about the Kardashians anymore because I was like I, I hate the way that they play on people's emotions and make women feel bad about themselves to buy their products so I just don't talk about them like full-on boycott but when most people get canceled 
I don't know. Like, I guess Ellen DeGeneres, her show is over now, but I really can't think of someone that's been so effectively canceled that we just decided to stop giving them money and they petered out on their own because we didn't give them what they needed. I think you and anyone else watching this knows what that answer is. And the answer is absolutely nobody has been effectively canceled by cancel culture. It's impossible because you said the word attention. Attention is currency, right? As long as you have attention... You can't be canceled. The only ones as canceled are the people, ones who went to jail, which like right. Harvey Weinstein was canceled. But like that was a crime. <laughs> yeah. Was so many uh, crimes. And, and also it wasn't, uh, can you even say necessarily canceled? Because he's still technically making money off of those movies. He's still getting residuals from those movies. He got he still his has, damn COVID vaccine before many people could. Like he still has wealth and power and status exactly. in jail. So it's yeah. like, did he though? And something you know, I think about with... um. Profit, one of these videos you had, this this one really had me in stitches. The video that you made saying, are Adele and Sam Smith the same person? Yeah. And you were saying that they were both born in May in London. They started their music career around the same time. Also, you're, you were putting up photos of them in the video, and I was like, is it just me? Or like, do they kind of look alike? <laughs> yeah. And then you said they've never been in the same room at the same time. And when you slow Adele songs down, they sound very similar to Sam Smith. And anytime I hear a conspiracy theory, I go, okay, who stands to profit for this? Mm. And that one, I was kind of like, hmm, let's say Adele puts, she makes 30 songs, 12 of them make it onto an album. You have another 12. If you slow them all down and say that somebody else sang them, now it's two albums that you're selling, two Mm. different, you know, musical people who could create these entire industries because each person has an entire industry associated with them. Now... I'm pretty sure that they're separate people. That's where my heart lies. But I was like, that could be an interesting way to make money. That's the same thing with um, the Avril Lavigne conspiracy theory, right? Uh Like she, her body double replaced her. And when you think of that conspiracy theory, how would you explain it? Because some people think that Avril Lavigne killed herself. Some people think her body double took over. So unlike the, unlike the Sam Smith Adele theory where they're the same person and they just Uh kind of interchange when they feel like it, the, (laughs) uh, (laughs) the Avril Lavigne theory comes from effectively, there is a theory where she died in 2003, severe depression. She just couldn't handle the fame anymore, blah, blah, blah. And what they did was she had a photo double, uh, who has, um, there is a photo double that existed in real life named Melissa Vandella. Melissa Vandella was a uh, was somebody who stuck by her, and anytime she didn't want to do photos and stuff because of all the pressure, which caused her to want to, you know, kind of mm-hmm. give up. When she didn't want to do all the photo ops and stuff, Melissa would go on, and she would and this be the happens face. A lot too. I know um, Melania Trump had a body double that would sometimes yes. stand in for her. Billie Eilish recently had a body double to yes. show her at her concert while she appeared in another place. So yep. celebrities do you know, have body doubles. All the time. And what yeah. I always bring up is the fact that on movies and TV shows, when someone has to do a stunt, guess what they use? A stunt double. Yeah. These people exist and they do have a purpose. And so the question is, what happens when you have a star that dies at the pinnacle of their height, the height of their success? Mm-hmm. You as the, the record label are like, oh my God, I don't want this person to die. I need more money. This mm-hmm. is a, a, a machine. Well, you look to your left. Look to your right, and to your right, you see a photo double. There's Melissa of that artist who you found dead in a hotel room, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Well, who has to know?" So Melissa then t- 
takes on, assumes the position of Avril Lavigne. Now, there's the, the theory goes even deeper. As Avril Lavigne died, Melissa took over, you actually saw a shift in the... Uh, the uh, grunge kind of, uh, you the know, aesthetic, even the, the handwriting aesthetic, people say handwriting, yeah. the facial expressions, the hair, mm-hmm. right? Avril Lavigne, um, pre 2003, dark hair, dark eyes, very, uh, you know, um, authentic rocker, authentic grunge, rocker, yeah. grunge. She had a lot of baggy clothes. She didn't like showing her body. She made that of uh, several TRL interviews where she said she didn't like that, which by the way, that's where Billie Eilish kind of got her aesthetic from. Mm. Um, then post 2003, suddenly Avril Lavigne was like, you know what? I want to show some midriff. Yeah. You make I'm me gonna, so hot. You make I'm me want to drop. You make me want to drop. Here's some, here's some kneecap and some ankle. I'm going <laughs> to wear some pink in this nice little this skirt. Yeah. And she turned her hair blonde and everybody was like, and I'm not talking like the blonde she used to have, like the highlights and all that. I mean, like platinum blonde, like it, just, like the whole the pink streak. I remember, yeah, that. the yeah. legally blonde look, man. Like she went full on legally blonde, and everyone was like, "What happened? What is this? This is not the Avril Lavigne we know." Yeah, and that that's when that conspiracy theory really took hold. Is that shift? And that's yeah. when everyone was like, "This cannot be the old Avril. Like this has to be. There's something going on here." And it was so, an underground theory for a while, but now in TikTok, she started referencing it. Yes. And I think people don't realize this, but she actually used to respond to that theory way long time ago. When oh. she first started hearing about it, she used to play on it and stuff. And that's when people thought, see, the, the thing is these artists will play on the theory. And they'll build things up. Build it up. And they love that stuff. It's smart. And yeah. so, um, so... Yeah, I mean, recently she made a, a a TikTok video where she paid homage to her first album that she made. Mm-hmm. And people in the comments, I, now I don't know if it had anything to do with me or a video I made or just the overall theory, but people in the comments were like, hmm, nice try, Melissa. Yes. You know? Yeah, okay, Avril. You know, the, the real Avril Levine would love this video. Are you looking to save on your grocery bill? Because every plate is 25% cheaper than grocery shopping. I used to be a little bit skeptical of meal kits. I used to think that they were expensive. It was basically just more expensive grocery shopping, but it turns out, and as I have been using every plate, it is actually more affordable than groceries. I especially love every plate because I am, you know, cooking for one most nights unless my boyfriend comes over and some recipes, you know, they require just a little dribble drabble of mustard and I don't want to buy a $12 thing of it. I love every plate because it delivers these portioned out ingredients for you to use for specific meals and they make it so easy for you. So if you want to try every plate for just $1.79 per meal, you can go to everyplate.com and enter code fluently179 because once again, that's trying every plate for just $1.79 per meal. You go to everyplate.com and put in code fluently179. Then I've always wondered like why, if, if the theory bothers her, right, why not pose with Melissa and say, guys, we're different. I would assume that the theory doesn't bother her and she's like, hey, if it makes more people listen to my 
music out now and my old music to compare it. That's more streams for mm. me. Let's go. I don't think of it as like an offensive rumor no. because I think it's just like a crazy rumor. Every single celebrity has talked about being cloned or replaced or things yeah. like that. There was a video you did on Dora the Explorer and her yes. theme song played backwards. <laughs> Is it like sending out messages? And I remember in my AP Psych class, we listened to songs backwards for this. I don't know why. My teacher must have been a conspiracy theorist. I should have hung out with her oh, more. For sure, for sure. But, Anybody um, that says run it backwards is yes, a conspiracy theorist. Right? Like, what does that have to do with psychology? Yeah. And um, she did. Uh, oops, I did it again. And backwards, it does sound like sleep with me. I'm not too young. Um, oh. But you need the lyrics. Like, Let you me need write that down. Words. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me write that down. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let me write that down. That's a, that's a, uh, uh, put it, put it in a future video. I oops, think it was Oops, I, I did it again. We're going to figure it out. But it was one of the ones from early. And yeah, backwards, it says sleep with me. I'm not too young. And you did one where you take the Dora the Explorer song backwards. And some of it with the lyrics kind of, you know, sounds something. But then uh -huh. it's a bunch of gibberish at one point, And the captions say, she's Speaks speaking in tongues, in tongues here. <laughs> and I was like, oh, how great is that? You play any song backwards and you're like, there's no message. And you go, no, no, no. It's there's, tongues. It's demonic tongues. tongues. <laughs> Duh. Come on, open your third eye. Duh. Like Your, your chakra is blocked, dude. That's why yeah, I'm not seeing like You got to open up. Is the piece of plastic in your wallet doing enough for you? Because with the Secure Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card, you can start building credit with everyday purchases and on-time payments. So with Credit Builder, members can increase their credit history with no annual fees or interest. And having a good credit score can mean getting better car loan rates or renting apartments easier, or even just having bragging rights around the dinner table. So you can continue your credit journey with Chime. Signing up only takes two minutes and it doesn't affect your credit score. Get started at chime.com slash fluently. That's chime.com slash fluently. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Stride Bank, pursuant to a license from Visa USA Chime Checking Account and $200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply for the secured Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. Regular on-time payment history can have a positive impact on your credit score. Impact to score may vary and some users' scores may not improve. All right. Well, I'm going to keep my ear out and thank you so much for coming on and just kind of walking us through all of this. And I hope, you know, the next time a new song comes out, people head on over to your TikTok page and, you know, we can find out what kind of a deity is actually being worshipped within the pop lyrics that we never thought about. <laughs> yeah, man. Keep an eye out. I got more theories coming uh, and uh, I'm excited to see what happens next. All right. Huge, huge thank you to DJ Hester for coming on. You can follow him on uh, at Song Theory and all of his links and everything are going to be in the show notes if you want to check him out. But if you're following me on TikTok, you're probably already following him. I asked over on Instagram what you guys wanted me to cover in the post part of this episode. And there are three things I'm going to touch on. The first one, somebody was saying, can you talk about how there are TikTokers with millions of followers and all of these stories of how they went to VidCon to do these meet and greet events and nobody showed up to their events. And I want to talk about this one first because 
Song Theory was basically talking about it, which, by the way, when we spoke earlier beforehand, he said that he doesn't really use his name online. So I do know his name, but I'm just going to say Thong. Song Theory. Oh, my God. Thong Theory. That slipped out of me. But I'm like, oh, my God. Thong Theory. I kind of like it. I'm pretty sure he made a video about this exact phenomenon and the way that he was describing it was really dead on to me. So please go check out his video. But he was basically saying YouTubers, right, who are at VidCon, if you want to go meet a YouTuber, I can name every single YouTuber off the top of my head because I go to YouTube and I basically go to my subscriptions and I watch their stuff. Anytime that I use TikTok for, let's say, like 30 minutes, I'm being exposed to more than 200 creators. And there was a time a few months ago that my TikTok account was banned and I was like, oh my God, like I lost it. I I had to make a new one and try to follow everyone. I I ended up getting it back. But when I was trying to follow all of my mutuals, I just, uh, you know, I knew their face. I knew what they talked about, but I didn't remember their username. And it's really such an anomaly that TikTok can make you go so viral. God knows I'm so grateful for it, but it's not really a great place to brand yourself because TikTok is all about that thumb switching you to the next content immediately. And if you follow someone on TikTok and their TikTok video begins with, hey guys, I'm Fluently Forward. Welcome back to my channel. And today we're going to talk about boom. They're, They're already gone. There's no way that they're sticking around. But on YouTube, you have like the little intro template, the music, the hey, everybody, welcome back to my channel or, you know, whatever's going on there. So I just thought that was a pretty interesting take on it. A lot of people wanted me to talk about the new news about Elon Musk that he now has. um, It was going around in reports that he has nine known children. And I think that's freaking hilarious that they're saying nine known. But no, it, it came out that he has 10 children. And basically, there's a company that he's working at called Neuralink. And there's an executive there named Siobhan Zealous or Zylus. And he confirmed through kind of like vague tweets on Thursday that he has fathered twins with this executive. What he tweeted on Thursday was doing my best to help the underpopulation crisis. And this is something he's like a pretty big, I don't know, birthing guy or whatever the hell you would call it. Here's some more stuff that he said about it. Quote, a collapsing birth rate is the biggest danger civilization faces by far. I'm just going to interject my own opinion there. No, it is not. It's certainly not the biggest danger. A collapsing birth rate, maybe if the birth rate went to zero, maybe if nobody could get pregnant, but I think that there's just like so many greater dangers. And also like, let's not take you not being able to put a condom on and turn it into like something incredibly virtuous that you're doing to save the world. Do you know what I mean? It, you know, it it was you nutting into your executive, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, sorry, that was a little bit graphic. So he continues, far too many people are under the illusion that Earth is overpopulated, even though birth rate trends are so obviously headed to population collapse. I don't know. All I can tell is that the West Village is getting more and more crowded every weekend. It's annoying. Anyway, so then he says, quote, I hope you have big families and congrats to those who already do. There's two things that I think of when I'm thinking of this. And and we'll talk a little bit more about this woman who is now the mother of two of Elon Musk's children, Musk's. Musk, Musk, Musk's, it's really, it's really hard to put an S after the end of his name. You know what I'm talking about. We're moving along. But the first one is, and I really believe in this, to have a child is one thing. And you know what? Also, like, don't take what I'm saying too seriously because I haven't even had one child. But I would just think to have a child is one thing. 
but you really need to raise that child. And I think a lot of the reason why there's this underpopulation crisis, you know, some people say overpopulation, some people say underpopulation. But here's the thing, he's kind of shaming people for not having kids. It's getting expensive to have a kid. I think a lot of people who have children wait until they're in a financial place to do it. They wait until they're with the right person to do that. And I personally think it's better to have one child that you raise in a you know financially healthy home with a great partner who loves you, and that's fantastic, rather than having you know four children or, I don't know, maybe 10 that you're not really parenting. God, I mean, I feel like Ben Shapiro right now saying this stuff because I have never really talked about it before. But Elon Musk has admitted, this is what he said in a 2020 New York Times interview, that he doesn't play a prominent role in his kids' lives when they're young. Quote, right now, there's not much I can do. Grimes has a much bigger role than me right now. When the kids get older, there will be more of a role for me. I think just doing what I've done with my other kids. And I don't know. I mean, I've, I've only read a few self-help books out there and stuff, but I do think that certain things like your attachment style, stuff like that, it, it all happens when you're young and in childhood because, and you know, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. Sometimes I do spew out therapy, psychobabble speak and stuff like that. Is, is that even a thing? Anyway, I just think it really does matter how you are being raised as a child. And I think that's when you kind of start to develop these ideas of who can I trust and how do I get things in this world and am I going to be taken care of or do I have to fend for myself? And I don't know, having 10 children and then trying to say that you're saving the planet and blah, 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 like you're not really being a father to any of these children and you've admitted as much as that. And then also, once again, it's it's very expensive to have kids. And I just feel like we're all kind of, at least here in the U.S., I don't know how it is in other countries, but like it's been a pretty bleak time. It's been a pretty rough go of it. Inflation's going up like crazy. I'm watching everything around me. The prices are going massively up, except, of course, for my salary. And what I just really can't wrap my head around is that I am like in the 1% of the world here. Like I have this nice tech job. I also have the podcast and I'm really stressed out about like inflation and things like that and like all of this talk of not being able to buy a home and all of these banks buying these homes and everyone's going to be renting forever and if I'm feeling that way like I can't the, we're all the, most people in America are like not thinking oh I'm doing really well let me have a bunch of kids right now and it's one of those things too where I just feel like Elon Musk gets off on like the virtue signaling without getting down to the root cause of the problem and what's happening. So going on Twitter and being like, oh, I'm having all these kids because overpopulation is like terrifying, blah, blah, blah. You have so much money. There's, What do you think is the reason why people aren't having children? I mean, he's probably thinking that he's like a red pill guy. You know, feminists just don't want to have kids or something like that. But I truly think like money talks. And I think that if we all felt a lot better about our country and the state that we were in, more people would be having children. But let's talk a little bit about this new mother of Elon Musk's secret twins. I mean, God, this guy really knows how to stay in the headlines. She has these big blue eyes. If, if you basically look up anything, you'll be able to see photos of her. She almost looks like a, a dark-haired Elizabeth Holmes in some sort of freaky way. Like she has the eyes of Elizabeth Holmes, but the nose and the mouth of Grimes, and then dark hair. So she is one of the top executives at Neuralink, which is a company that he, I think, founded or works on. 
So where is she from? She was born in Canada. She went to Yale University and she played goalie on the ice hockey team there. She previously lived in San Francisco before moving to Austin, Texas. So I'm guessing like a techie girl through and through. And it's very interesting because Elon Musk has said a lot of stuff before about how like smart women need to be procreating and like smart women need to get pregnant and stuff like that, which is just like, oh, dude, it's just so weird. I just don't like I really don't like guys telling girls to get pregnant at all. Which, by the way, can I just say how messed up? Now I'm kind of going a little bit on a rant. But how messed up is it that when you tell a guy, like, hey, try to be, like, more emotionally connecting or, like, don't just solve my problems with a solution. Listen to me complain and, like, validate my emotions. Some guys, not my boyfriend, but other men will be like, well, like, men are just, like, wired this way to do X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. So you can't tell them to do something. You know what I mean? But men can be like a woman, like get pregnant. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, you can't, you can't be like, oh, you're not, I, you can only tell me to do things that a man can do. But then a man tells you to do something that only a woman can do. And they're like, it's completely fine for me to have a say in what you're doing with your freaking uterus. Okay, more about this executive. She had an Instagram account that had like a thousand followers, but she deleted it after news about these secret babies came up. She has a Twitter with over 77,000 followers, and I was kind of going through it because, you know, I'm, I'm creepy and I'm interested in this. She was posting some stuff about like science fiction and just like smart, brainy stuff, I guess. And what was interesting was that um, on May 14th, I noticed that she was tweeting about recommendations to changing your Twitter timeline. Basically, the Twitter timeline puts you, they create the timeline for you, similar with Instagram, but there's a way you can change it to make it chronological. Remember the good old days when Instagram was actually chronological? Well, it's funny that she tweeted that because Elon Musk was tweeting about that three days earlier on May 11th, and I was just going through and I was like, oh, a lot of the stuff that she's tweeting is stuff that like I think I've seen from Elon Musk's Twitter account because I follow him on Twitter. So she went to Yale. After she graduated, she worked at IBM. Then she became a founding member of Bloomberg Beta, vetting machine learning startups. Then she went to Neuralink. Elon Musk co-founded the company in 2016. So that's about it. She just seems like a really smart chick with these like big, big blue eyes. And I can't believe she is the freaking mother of two more muskrats. Ooh, is that fun? Elon Musk should totally call his kids that little muskrats. You know what I mean? Well, that's fun. <laughs> the muskrat part. Okay. And then I'll wrap things up here. A lot of people on Instagram were like, you should talk more about yourself. I'd be interested to hear more about yourself. And that is so sweet. But sometimes I get very Steve Jobsy iPad about it where it's like sometimes people ask for what they think they want, but they don't really want it. Okay. I'm just looking through the Instagram. Somebody said Addison Ray's dad banging a bunch of, what was this? Banging 19 year olds. I've been seeing stuff about that on TikTok. And all I'm going to say is that I've been seeing blind items about it for a little bit longer <laughs> a little bit longer elon musk and his new twins taylor being in a movie directed by a sexual abuser i barely know anything about this <laughs> cue common sense telling me that i should probably stop talking but i saw little glimpses of it on um TikTok. And I have definitely fallen into this trap before too. I think Jessica Chastain was in a movie with someone who was abusive or she was working with someone who was abusive and she was getting a little bit of crap for it because she's, you know, really outspoken against that type of stuff. And I remember I made a TikTok video about it. 
And I got a little bit of shit for it, kind of rightfully so. Some Sometimes I deserve the shit because people were like, you know, you're saying that Jessica Chastain shouldn't be working for this person because he's an abuser. Are you really talking about how bad the abuser is or is this entire video about Jessica Chastain? And I think, I, I think it was about her. I kind of forget. But I just think what's – and I, I think I um, – I don't know. I just think – If you're going to talk about Taylor Swift being in a movie with a sexual abuser, the bulk of what you're saying in that sentence or when you convey that information to someone should, A, include the name of the guy and what he's done wrong and why it's wrong and when it happened and things like that. I feel like sometimes we kind of speak in a little bit of a shorthand when we're on the internet, like we, I I think I mentioned this previous in 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 the episode, we'll just say that someone is problematic and it just goes around that they're problematic. I remember Billie Eilish's boyfriend is problematic. Well, I heard that, but I had no idea what he did that was wrong. And I think we kind of owe it to ourselves and educating others and really learning from bad things that happen to include those couple of sentences. So what do you think of Taylor being in the movie that's directed by a sexual abuser? I don't really know anything about it, but when I do talk about it next, you better believe I'll be talking about, you know, the allegations and the abuse and what this guy did, because I think that's what we should focus on more rather than Taylor Swift, you know, being like a supporting role in it. We'll see. It's also interesting. I used to think that Taylor Swift only worked with people who were squeaky clean, but then I remembered how she did... I don't want to live forever with Zane. And like everybody knows that Zane's on drugs. Allegedly. He's allegedly on drugs. <laughs> okay. That is it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Song Theory for coming on. You know, was this episode true? Was it a bunch of baloney? This podcast says yes. So go check him out on TikTok and let's like put some good vibes out there into the internet to get his TV show started because I think that would be fantastic. So thank you for listening and I will catch you next week for another episode of Fluently Forward. Bye guys. Bye.